Welcome to the Chai Break Podcast with your host, Shweta Ravi Shankar and Rama Rao, coming to you from New York City. Each week, we brew up conversations steeped in our cross-cultural experiences, growing up in India and moving abroad in our 20s. From feminism to fashion, colorism to colonialism, join us on our journey of becoming. With elements that almost every immigrant, irrespective of background, can relate to, we hope you enjoy our conversations and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 3. Good morning. This is Shweta and Rama tuning in from New York City, where spring continues to play hide and seek with us. Right, Rama? That is true, Shweta. Oh my God, it's so cold. I just took all the jackets and put up in the attic because, you know, I didn't need all the winter jackets anymore. Then what? We hit 30 degrees Fahrenheit. What the hell is that? Yeah. Today was like, it felt like uh, 27. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So what are we talking about today, Rama? All right. So we're talking today about our hot favorite topic, which is colorism. Yes. So anyone growing up in Asia, especially South Asia, like Shweta and I would really relate to this topic. And it's quite dear for both of us. And for a lot of people who have been growing up around the same surroundings as we did. So, um, so the question comes as to colorism. And many a times we hear this uh, word colorism and racism, right? So mm-hmm, the question mm-hmm. goes as to is colorism and racism synonymous? I always thought so, actually. You uh-huh. know, before we did this deep dive, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, it's kind of like it's one and the same, right? That's what racism, colorism is. But definitely with research, we definitely found that was so different. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So this is what it means. By definition, colorism means it's a prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone. It's typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. So for example, within the same ethnic community, for example, I'm from a a Brahmin community, and within my same community, we have different skin tones. Mm -hmm. And the darkest version um, or the darkest person in the skin, uh, darkest skin tone is probably has this discrimination or is discriminated yeah. by other members of the lighter skin tone within the same community. So True. colorism is that kind of a prejudice, a preference of lighter skin over dark. So um, then again, are they synonymous? No. With racism? No, not really. Because racism is an imagined order. It's really not about that one person with the dark skin tone, but it's rather about a group of people but skin color doesn't really matter. It is mm-hmm. the order in the world and you know that really matters or the imagined order because it's really not real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's colorism is about an individual and colorism is inherent. Colorism is not imagined and uh, it's really about the visual presence. Yeah. And what about the rest of the world? Like, why do you think that I always wonder why colorism has not got as much of this, you know, um, world stage attention as compared to racism, right? Yeah. And it's very, it's very simple. I think once we understood the definition mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. kind of um, understand why racism is such a hot buzzing word, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas colorism is kind of, you know, you hear about it, but not to the level of racism. And I think that's one, like, right, you rightly pointed out people, I think, of kind of use colorism and racism synonymously. And we just describe the differences between them. And more importantly, racism um, has a mass appeal. Yeah. Because you are actually talking to an entire race or ethnicity of people. So it has a group effect. Mm -hmm. It has a Mm -hmm. mass appeal. It's very public. 
Whereas colorism is very individual, right? Yeah, very so you, if, mm-hmm. if you're appealing, you're really appealing to darker skin tone individuals across different ethnic groups. So it doesn't have the kind of a big public mass appeal that racism possesses. So True. it's basically a personal appearance versus, you know, talking about an entire race. Yeah, yeah. And one of the most interesting things was, you know, we, me and you wondered, and like, I guess, most people, like, how did we land up in this hot soup, right? <laughs> of like all kinds of, you know, beauty products in this whole industry and all of this discrimination. And it takes us back to like, did colorism exist in ancient India? And the answer is actually no. Mm. Apparently it did not. Mm. It's very interesting when we go back to our the earliest classification found in the earliest Hindu scripture, it's called the Rig Veda. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the society at large was divided. But let's see how it was divided. It was one such scripture was called Purusha Sukta. Mm-hmm. And it basically metamorphically divides the society. Mm-hmm. It says the Brahmin is the one, the highest form born from the head, the Kshatriya, the warrior from the arms, the Vaishyas from the thighs, and the Shudras from the feet. But uh, just my- to intervene, so you're talking about, uh, when you're talking about this, you're talking about kind of the um, the God, right? In the right. Pushushita, which talks about the God, and the God has the head and the arms yes. and the thighs and the feet, and these all the various races that are born from these parts, right? Yeah, yeah, the divisions in society, but it's very important the way they talk about it. They're like, yes, there are these four classes existing in society, mm-hmm. but remember, they all emerge from the same body. Right. But have different but equally important functions in society. Right. And that was like, it, it just blew my mind because that clearly says that people were divided based on their occupation and how they contributed to society. Mm-hmm. Contributed to society. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're all interdependent species and you know, what each of us bring to the table was what was important. Right, absolutely. And I think that's how, you know, ethnic uh, society was classified, right? As you said, based on what they contributed, what was their occupation, and really not about, you know, Mm -hmm. what a skin color, you know, skin color was never never something that was used there. And uh, we talked about this uh, when we were discussing about this before, that uh, many of the um, Hindu ancient text also talks about some of these uh, characters, mythological characters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that had different, um, you know, skin tones to it. Right. But most of the, these mythological characters possess darker skin tone. Yeah, right? yeah. And dark skin tone was actually used as an adjective to describe beauty. Right. That was, you know, because uh, Krishna from the Yadava tribe was known as the dark lord. Right. You know, and black in, you know, Krishna, the word itself means black in Sanskrit, mm-hmm. you know, and Draupadi was another, you know, she was the lead protagonist in uh, the Mahabharata. And she also was an extremely beautiful woman and her beauty was described by her dark skin. Right. 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 And do you want to talk about the deities in the temples? That's that's fascinating to me. Right. Right. I mean, it's, you know, for those who haven't really visited India yet. Uh, you know, you should make that trip. And one of the popular uh, destinations in South India are all those temples mm-hmm. and the carvings in those temples, the sculptures. And if you notice, all those deities, all those temple, you know, sculptures and the carvings, they're all made from dark stone. Mm-hmm. They all are dark. There's no this painting. There's no like, you know, hiding like all this kind of a pinkness to the skin tone and right. all of that. There's actually dark 
All of the deities are dark. The main deity of a temple is dark. Mm-hmm. And this actually signifies that black or dark skin or dark color had a huge significance in ancient India. And I know we're just talking about ancient India, but I'm sure different cultural or people from different countries would probably have some similar story like that. But you and I being from South Asia, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking to our own experience. More from our experience. That's right. True, true, true. So then where did this influence come in? You know, uh, you know, we obviously know it's the external influences, right? Right. What were some of the influences, you know, that brings us to that? Right. So at least we know that in ancient India, at least there was no discrimination on the basis of skin color, right? Mm-hmm. And presence and acceptance of beauty, valor and status was irrespective of skin color. And this is mentioned in the ancient text. But then from there to the modern times, there have been many different influences along the way. And I think one significant, at least from the Indian perspective, we have had many different invasions. Some of the earliest invasions were from the Persians or the Mughals, you know, that came from the Middle East, Mm -hmm. from Persia, all the way to the Indian subcontinent, which included Afghanistan, the current day Afghanistan, Pakistan, as well as India Mm -hmm. and um, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. So the entire Indian subcontinent was invaded Mm -hmm. by the Mughals, more so in the north. Right. And then we also are following that. So the Mughals basically had skin tone that's more of a lighter, Mm -hmm. lighter wheat, I would say. And but Indians at that time probably were more darker. And then you have this invasion. And then following that, we had Western influences as well, like Portuguese and Britishers, which probably set tone for colorism. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah, go ahead, Shweta. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, they've ruled us for 200 years. Right. That's a very, very long time, you know, because their sense of what they considered beauty, the standard was completely different. I mean, in fact, when they invaded us, they claimed themselves to be superior and the intelligent race. Right. Versus the Indians were considered inferior and black colored, you know, and segregation was so prevalent with their invasion because they had named St. George, uh, Fort St. George, the settlement as a white town and the Indian settlement was called the black town. Mm. So you're telling me that before the British came, even though the Mughal invasion happened to us, the skin color was never used no. as a way mm-hmm. to segregate superior and inferior, yeah. right? Yeah. It was since colonialism happened when skin color was used. That's very true, very true, because the Mughals even then tried to unite us as a country. Uh-huh. It was never, uh, you know, the the talk about lighter skin tone versus darker skin tone was not something that was prevalent at the time. Mm-hmm. But what was very interesting, again, was the way the British hired Indians into, you know, their workforce. Mm. So they hired Indians to the lower ranks of the army for menial and odd jobs. But what is very uh, noteworthy here is that Within Indians, like you said about colorism, right, the lighter skinned Indians were given better positions Mm -hmm. and the darker skinned ones were given, you know, within those, you know, menial jobs, they were given further lower grade jobs. Mm -hmm. And thus began the deep rooted skin color element that your skin color, you know, opens you up to better opportunities, better, you know, marriage opportunities, job opportunities, more uh, respect in society and so on and so forth. Right. And I think this is what pretty much applies to every 
country that's had this invasion mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, colonialists that had this influence of colonialism, mm-hmm. where you've had white, quote unquote, masters. Yeah. And then you've had the coloreds, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this goes across all of uh, Southeast Asia. This grows across um, America as well, right? When yeah. you had the African-Americans brought in as slaves and then you had the the white, uh, quote-unquote, masters, right? And then you had the colored and you've had this difference. Uh, and in South Africa too, the apartheid movement, all yeah. of this was boiled down to just not just race, but a lot of difference based on just skin color, where you yeah. had the white color versus every other colored. Yeah. So yeah. that is so interesting. So yeah. it was such an it's such a recent influence in the last two hundred odd years, mm-hmm. and we have our own personal experience. This is so passionate for us because we, yeah. you and I, have our own personal experiences to share about it, right? Because right. growing up in India, the common things that we heard growing up was. You know, uh, when a child was born, we would be like, oh, yeah, the mother and child are healthy. The baby is also good color. Remember yeah. that? No, very true. Oh, my God. Many comments like that. And yeah. even it continues to this day, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's it's still, you know, our parents and grandparents generation. It's still just ingrained in them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it kind of makes us raise eyebrows and we're just like, why are they talking about it still? But it's just part of their language. Right. You know, and it's uh, it's. And even, you know, the the most common one is, oh, although she's dark, she's still beautiful. Like, it's almost like, wow. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I've, I've heard that. Actually, this is so funny because it's happened to me. Mm-hmm. I've had that. And I, you know me, I'm actually much darker than you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I rem- I remember uh, growing up and getting all these, like, you know, when I used to dress up and go out and, you know, I was looking fairly decent. I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's nice. Even though you're dark, you I love your features. I'm like, <laughs> uh what does that mean, right? Exactly. And remember, yeah. in you know, in the in the when you go to the beauty salons, the first thing that people asked us was, "Madam, would you like to have a facial uh, and a bleach?" Bleach, right? And the tan so removal. bleach was a big thing. Yeah, and the tan, tan removal. removal. That's like it just gets me every single time. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And what about the matrimonial ads? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Like the paper ads. Fair, slim girl. You know, fair, slim, and tall. Whereas dark, tall, and handsome for the man. Right. And I think India has gone a long way since, you know, back 20 years. We're talking about like the last 20 years of our experience, you know, 20 years ago to now. Mm -hmm. I think things have changed. And we're going to talk about that in a bit. But I think these matrimonial ads are not allowed. They don't allow these sort of ads in the papers anymore. I think, yeah, I think, but it's still online though, Rama. Right. I think online, they have, you know, taken out that filter, you know, the Uh fair or the skin color filter. But I feel like still the paper ads still continue, you know. I see. see. Yeah, it obviously depends on if you're from a big metropolitan city versus a smaller town. Right. You know. Right. And yeah. interestingly, we both have girls. Yes. yes. <laughs> you have Dia and I have Ananya. Yeah. And, you know, we are raising them to be independent, strong mm-hmm. women. And we're trying to use, not use the skin color yeah. as a parameter to really identify who is good, who is not so good, who is smart, who is superior, etc. And we're instilling these qualities yeah. in uh, children. And I'm so Very happy true. about that because we've come a long way. I remember yes. um, when Ananya was like four years old, I have a 12-year-old girl for all of those audience <laughs> yeah. um, hearing this. I have three kids and one is a 12-year-old girl. And um, 
she actually, at the age of four, um, you know, she was going to her pre-K and she came home and she was talking about skin color. I vaguely remember the conversation, but I do remember her saying, Amma, that is mom, she says, Amma, you are bountiful and I am bountiful. So she coined this term yeah. bountiful to actually say that she is brown and beautiful. So that was something. That's the best thing. That's literally the best thing. And I think I passed that down to Dia and, you know, one of the books that I got her after I talked to her about this conversation about, you know, that Ananyaka came up with this word was um, this book called Colors of Us. It's a great book for children. Oh, nice. You know, it's this mother and daughter and the mother is an artist mm-hmm. and uh, she takes her daughter on a walk through her neighborhood mm-hmm. and she shows, you know, comes across different people in the neighborhood from the neighborhood spice shop, you know, the person who runs the spice store to, you know, a person selling pancakes and so on and so forth. And each of them... She calls them cinnamon and honey and wheat and chocolate. And that's how she describes each of them. And they come home and they make portraits, oh, you know, goodness. saying that we're all different skin colored, but we're all, you know, the we're same. all different, but we're all the same. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we're all, we're all different skin colors and beautiful. It doesn't have to be, oh, you are, you are dark, but still beautiful. There's no buts here. We're dark and exactly. beautiful. We're brown and beautiful. We're white and beautiful. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so that's um, so happy to hear our kids will be growing up in an environment that there will still be issues, but they will have the um, the The right values and the right roots, you know, mindset. Yes. To approach that. Very true. And so I still remember some of the conditionings um, we've had growing up in India, right, Shweta? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of become a part of our psyche. But I, thankfully, we, you know, once we moved to the United States or even in India, where people have been having different exposures, they've been able yes, to kind of remove definitely. some of this conditioning. Yeah, just speak up and, you know, just shut it down when you see somebody, you know, talking down about skin tones. Right. Right. And I think the conditioning was... Uh, you know, across the board, like look at our beauty pageants, look at our, you know, the the film industry, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of actresses, uh, you know, Kajol and Shilpa Shetty and Priyanka Chopra. And we've seen a lot of these actresses who came early on to much later, you saw that they were kind of forced to go through this, you know, skin bleaching process. Because if you see their later movies, they're much lighter skin toned mm. than the ones that they were launched with. Mm. And it's unfortunate. I bet now the women, you know, they're older, they're much wiser and they have kids of their own. And I'm sure they uh, are against this. But, you know, they were again, they succumbed to the trend, right. you know, so to say. And yeah, you can't, we can't blame them because that's the conditioning, right? It was mm-hmm. exactly the kind of conditioning. I remember going to a beauty salon back 20 years ago and getting myself bleached yeah. because I wanted to look lighter. Ask me to do that now? Hell no. Yeah. We'll never do that. Yeah. But I guess that's what the awareness has set in and it's a setting in and it's actually a good times we're living in right now mm-hmm. where we actually can have this kind of a conversation out there and we'll have a lot more of support in this regard, yeah. I still remember Nina Davluri, who was Miss America, I think 2014, if I remember right. Um, she is of Indian origin and uh, she's an Indian American and she was Miss New York and who went on to uh, winning the uh, Miss America title. And um, I remember her in one of her interviews, she says that when she woke up, um, you know, the next day, the day after she won the title, she was so excited to hear what the papers have to, the media has to talk about it. 
um, the American media was actually, um, you know, questioning her uh, quote unquote Americanness, right? Mm -hmm. Whether she mm -hmm. was truly American. And the Indian media, <laughs> which was, which is so interesting, the Indian media yeah. was like, is Miss America too dark to be Indian, Miss India? That was actually even more shocking because. And then I went up and looked at all the Miss India, you know, the beauty pageants we've had so far and how many of Miss India uh, candidates or people who won Miss India title were dark. And surprisingly, there's not a single no. person who I can call dark skin. Exactly. Yeah. Or occasionally one or two here are dusky, which exactly. is more of a lighter brown. Yeah. But there's, there's not a single dark skinned Miss India, yeah. a land that is filled with dark people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that continues to this date, right. you know. Even as early as uh, 2019, I remember it was an article in the papers about, you know, the final contestants of uh, Femina Miss India. And all of them were probably like honey skin tone. Mm. Even wheat was like, you know, you really had to look close to even find that. So, yeah. And, you know, that's, again, the conditioning we talk about is the big fair and lovely trend, right, mm -hmm. in India. The fairness cream industry in India has a huge market share. It's worth $450 million and continues to grow at a 15 to 20% rate. And it's actually across all over Southeast Asia as well. And mm -hmm. I remember going to Japan on a holiday and I was um, pleasantly surprised to see because Japan, like the skin tone is fairly olive and, you know, they're more lighter skin. Mm -hmm. But even there, I was pleasantly surprised to see how um, fairness and, you know, having lighter skin tone, the, the shops were filled with all these creams that offered, you know, lighter skin yeah. tone yeah. to uh, the people. So it's not just in India, but I think, as you rightly said, the colonialism has had its effect everywhere. everywhere. And I think uh, wherever we've had that effect, we see this, uh, this need to really be lighter skin, mm -hmm. even to this day. But I think it's getting better with all this awareness setting in. Definitely. Um, I read somewhere that it's been estimated that over 90% of females in India cite skin lightening as part of their beauty ritual. And I'm sure it's across the different countries as yeah. well. Yeah, no, truly. And so the question now goes, Shweta, are these skin creams that offer skin lightening effects, you know, irrespective of, you know, we're talking about whether this is even true ethically, mm -hmm. is the, are these skin creams even good for us? as a cream, like, you know, as a product. Yeah, no, they've been known to have such high levels of mercury and nickel and chromium, right. you know, and it's known to even have like um, side effects on us that even could cause potentially cancer. You know, they're so harmful. And recently, Fair and Lovely, the biggest fairness cream brand in India came under fire. And what did they choose to do? You know, people are like, oh, my God, you know, this, something's going to happen. They changed their name to Glow and Lovely. <laughs> and I was like, like that would wait make a, a second. Huge difference. Like, exactly. And they didn't do anything else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because still the conditioning exists. Mm -hmm. Still a lot more awareness has to go. Still people have to fight their own um, temptation to not succumb to that uh, whole fairness movement. Yeah. Because like you said, mercury is a big big uh, portion of these fairness creams right. and mercury can cause a lot of skin and kidney ailments. I personally, as a doctor, have uh, heard of many different stories I've come across people who have had kidney issues just by using the skin lightening creams. Mm -hmm. And so that's something for uh, the audience to be aware that, you know, skin is the largest organ in the body. And whatever you put on the skin is very important. It has to be natural and something that doesn't cause side effects. And these skin lightening creams have tons of heavy metals in them that can uh, do um, permanent harm. 
Yeah. And so that brings us to some of the brands that we can talk about, right? Yeah, Shrita? that's right. So there are a few brands, you know, um, that we personally love. And that's what we're talking about. I'm sure there are many others out there. Um, one of the few are, it's called Live Tinted. It was founded by um, Deepika Mutyala. And her rise to fame was basically because of her brown skin. In She grew up in the United States and could not find a color corrector or a concealer for her brown skin mm-hmm. in the industry. So she started using red lipstick under her eyes mm-hmm. and then using, you know, a foundation to cover it up. And that went viral. That video went viral. Mm-hmm. And that's how she started her brand. And today she's all about inclusivity. That's at the core of her business and every single product that she, um, you know, launches. Very nice. And another very good uh, beauty brand is called Billy Beauty by Sarah Thomas. And she founded an eyeshadow palette called Mm -hmm. Eyes of India. Mm -hmm. And we uh, especially love that palette, not only for how rich the pigments are, but also the naming. She's named it Kobri, which is coconut for um, the brown shade. Sona for gold and Rani and Taj Mahal for like the beige and white and Bengal for like the more um, orangish reddish tones. So that's like beautiful, you know, and we really we want that's the kind of um, uh, role models we want our daughters to see. And that's what we want to carry forward. Yeah, absolutely. We want people like them, like, you know, we want products like this that really enhance the color of your skin, irrespective of whatever color you are. Mm-hmm. If you're dark, you still are beautiful. It doesn't mean you're dark. Oh my God, you're still you're dark, but beautiful. Right. So these products actually enhance whatever your skin tone is and will bring out the inherent beauty in you versus trying to paint your face a different color or lighten the skin tone right. and so on. And many of these products are um, ethically sourced and they have natural ingredients yeah, and yeah. so on and that's very important when you talk about skincare definitely, and makeup definitely so what is the solution right we've mm-hmm. talked about you know the origins of colorism we've talked about um, some of the um, effects it's had. We've talked about the beauty industry and its fair share of um, issues. Right. And we are now talking about um, a solution. So where so, do we go from here, right? Where and, do we go from here? Correct. Mm-hmm. And I think like with everything and every movement and every change that's ever happened in society, I think it definitely begins from home. Mm-hmm. And it's all about changing the narrative. Right. How you talk to your children, how you talk to people around you, the kind of things your kids and, you know, hear from right. people around you, what adjectives you use. Right. So monitoring the way you talk about anything, like the, the words you use are so important. Right. From day one, you know, parents of every color, they should definitely begin to celebrate color differences. Yeah. And not praising one over the other. Right. right? And just knowing and imbibing that we're all the same. Right. The book says colors of us. You know, this is the colors of us. And us, you know, indicates we're all united. We're the same. We're the same. That's definitely the thing. Irrespective of the skin color. Correct. Yeah. And I think for you also, you know, it's not, a, we always talk about, you know, raising girls, raising girls, but I think raising boys is also a huge responsibility. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, even that's that in India, growing up in India, the color, skin color is talked about in such a casual way where you say, oh my God, I really want this really fair a girl for my son it's you know it's easily said mm-hmm. you know words terms like this are easily said i there are things about you know anti dark uh, sentiment still exists and the boys are raised in this atmosphere and it's easy even as girls we at some time were conditioned to think that light skin was is beautiful 
Likewise, the boys growing up hearing all these terms in the air, they would automatically pick, you know, light and beauty as one. And that's what they think was beautiful. And that's where we need to squash the whole sentiment of dark skin being not beautiful. Right. right? So it's not only girls, but you have to raise boys who can look beyond skin color. Look at the brains. Look at the person's character. Exactly. Um, and as a testament to the person's beauty and not really... Um, you know, skin color. So this discussion goes beyond skin color. Yeah. And this should be a talk in every household. When you when you create this atmosphere in every household, you create this atmosphere in the community. And this only spreads into the entire nation. Very true. I couldn't agree more. And I think years from now, we will be uh, sitting and watching all our kids, you know, the, the future generation, really looking back and saying, wait, was colorism even a thing? thing? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. the hope. That's the dream. And I think it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. So we just want to end by, you know, mentioning a couple of people, you know, who've uh, made a difference, who continue to make a difference. Right. I think one of the people that I'm very passionately follow and I just love all of her work that she's done is Seema Hari. Mm -hmm. She, in fact, very timely just released a short film mm -hmm. about colorism. She's, uh, apart from being a full-time, uh, you know, tech person at uh, Snapchat, She's also an activist, a colorism and casteism activist who is very, very vocal on her social media. Nice. And do check out her film. And, you know, she talks about how the film is a symbolic statement on colorism, patriarchy, systemic oppression, capitalism. All of these, she terms them as the evils destroying our world. That is true. All of them at some level is heavily rooted in our obsession with our egos and with all of the other baggage that we carry. And I think um, her film is very strong and very powerful. And one more person before we go that we definitely want to mention is uh, a Bollywood actress, Nandita Das. Oh, I love She Nandita is Dass. definitely a, a clan, like a, a cult of her own. Yeah. Because she always believes that um, stay unfair, stay beautiful is her slogan. Mm -hmm. And I think, because, um, you know, after all your activism, everything is about your life and your own experiences. Right, right. So there's she has created this whole term, stay unfair, stay beautiful, because, you know, um, it is such a catchy phrase. And I'm so in um, amazement at what Nandita Das has created, Darkest Beautiful Campaign. That's what yeah. she's created right. in India. Mm -hmm. And she has a huge following. And um, this just gives so much hope for what, um, you know, the changes that we will be seeing, we are seeing and we'll be seeing in the future. So the final word goes as to, oh, let's learn to love the skin we're in, right? And join the melanin movement. Absolutely, Woo! absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And so anyway, that brings us to the end of this podcast. I hope you all um, really enjoyed this discussion. And I'm sure each of you have a story um, that you can contribute in our, you know, you can go down to the show notes and you can comment in our post. Yeah. And we would love to hear what your experiences are and what you faced and what you're facing now, what the differences are. Do share and we'd love to hear from you. Right. And we would actually bring it up. You know, all your comments, we, we would pick up some of the top few comments and we would like to discuss in our next episode. So we would like to hear from you all. And if you really liked our discussion, our podcast, please give us a rating and a review and uh, we just want to keep getting better and better and that comes only with your feedback and your support thank you so much have a good day everyone yeah. bye 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 if you like what you heard give us a rating leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream podcasts it would mean the world to us 
Have any questions or simply want to drop us a note? We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at chaibreakpodcast at gmail.com. That's C-H-A-I-B-R-E-A-K podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast or visit us at chaibreakpodcast.com. <laughs>